BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. And it starts right now. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, me. You. Me. me. It's Happy about birthday. me. Happy birthday. Me. 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 Alex. Wait. You know, Goldie did record a message that I was supposed to play. Oh, let's I think hear we're, it. Okay, ready? Yeah, it was just because I, I knew that today okay, when but, I was talking to you about your birthday, I might get emotional and I didn't want to miss what I wanted to say to you. So I recorded it. Oh, so yes. in other words, this is going to be a funny mean so thing. Play it. <laughs> uh, well, let me, let me just say first, typical disgusting display. Welcome back. Podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Oh, I'm excited to hear this. Okay. Right, let, let's go, JC. Play Goldie's birthday message. To okay. me. You. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're right. You might not have got through that. <laughs> First joke of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> oh, that definitely qualifies. Oh, now we're, we got prefab first joke of the days. This all the fix is in. It's I want a congressional <laughs> hearing. Um, Negative one joke of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you you fans uh, didn't get to hear what JC and I uh, just got to hear before we started oh, today, so which is uh, so Goldie today uh, has what I like to call the home court disadvantage, <laughs> where he's you're you're back at your house in Bedford, Massachusetts, uh, and as we talked about it a minute ago, Massachusetts. When you're here, unfortunately, your family. So yeah, it was it was tough for you to get to lock into the Wi-Fi. So where are you now? Well, I'm in my rental car in my mom's driveway. And, um, <laughs> you know, when I picked up this rental car yesterday at, at Boston's Logan Airport. So I'm Hertz Gold. I don't want to brag. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's, it's probably the best thing in my life. Is I'm, that I can... I'm president's circle. So oh. I'll see you when you get there. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever get there. But, you know, one of the great pleasures in life is you walk in, you see your name on the board. Oh, you go to your car. Awesome. You don't talk to anyone. No one. And you leave. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's how that's how it goes. So I see my name, spot 823. Oh, go to my car. It's a Toyota Avalon. Fine. Ooh. <laughs> Say to myself, it's clear sailing from here on in. Sure. Take the keys. Go to the checkout. There's maybe a six car backup at the checkout. Oh, uh -oh. boy. There's all kinds of chaos. Uh-oh. Someone's trying to back up. People are waving. Someone tried to steal a <laughs> rental car. Oh, oh God. my God. Which wow. is the dumbest thing you can do because <laughs> there's two barricades. Yeah, and, and those spike tires. strips. Yes. The spike, spike strips. strips. And so 
they then were trying to madly back out and then they were running around the parking lot <laughs> uh, like Benny Hill as they were being chased by Boston cops who whatever is the worst sort of most biased thing you could say about the body types of police officers <laughs> was the reality of this yes. chase. Oh, it no. was, yes. They were not, not in fighting trim. Shall we say? No. Riddle, yes. And, and you see you see these chases on TV and the, the reality of Boston cop chases, all you hear is keys. Oh. It's just like keys. <laughs> Carrying way too much, first yes. of all. It's, I, I think they each have like five nightsticks. Right. Like, oh, it's just a clatter it's, of nightsticks. It's, it's one for every night of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chasing, you know, someone who was pretty spry and athletic. All over oh. this concrete parking structure. Oh, God. Uh, so it took me about half an hour to get out. But, oh. uh, and then the, the Hertz employee, you know, the, the face of the company. Yes. Who when yes. I go to check out in the booth and, and just show my license and get the contract. The face of Hertz says to me, <laughs> these fucking idiot criminals trying to fucking get a car. <laughs> Welcome to Boston. That's yeah. amazing. That's, that's how you should be speaking. When you're <laughs> a company's shirt. <laughs> Do you need a map? I love, I love the idea of um, the chase in the parking lot with the, the fat Boston cops because those kinds of things ultimately devolve into just flag football jukes. <laughs> You know, yeah. like they get they get close enough where the guy's literally just kind of doing a stutter step to get away from them. Yeah. Re- restarting the whole chase. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was That's... my welcome back home. Right. Welcome to my hometown. Which by the way, like the whole everything here is you're like you know when you walk by a business and you say, How is this still here? That's the entire region. <laughs> yeah. How is this wow. still here? It's it's all Stores with sort of sun bleached bedpan boxes in the windows. <laughs> Sounds like you know. Appliance shops that aren't a Best sun Buy. Bleached. Right. That just have a TV that looks too old to be in a display window because no one's going to be walking by, see that TV, oh. and stop and say, like, my God. I have to have that. A 28 oh inch sharp. Oh, when I say sharp, I mean business. I love the the sun-bleached bedpan in the display window might be one of the most accurately specific references (laughs) I've heard in in a long time. It is crazy. And more than all these stores that are still open that shouldn't be, then all we do in this area is... Is, is get angry when they close the stores that should be closed. So it's like, they're closing spags? What are yeah. they doing? It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, see sun-bleached bedpan. Well, that's a very funny way of putting it. Um, so as you, you uh, so sweetly referenced at the top of the pod, uh, it was my birthday, in fact, yesterday, my 50th birthday. Oh, big my wow. goodness. And uh, so... Uh, I'll get into it in high note later. But one of the things that was exciting for me was Tall put together this uh, video reel of, uh, you know, friends and family saying basically happy birthday. And it was so I got to watch it while on the toilet. Taking oh, a perfect. Shit. So perfect. I had plenty of time to get through it all. Um, and Did Goldie- your shit. Did you shit a five? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it was closer to a zero. 
<laughs> oh, I, as I told you, it was uh, the soupy bowl from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, um, but uh, so I'm watching these videos, and, and JC and Stu, you guys had a very sweet video, and Goldie, yours was, was very funny. But I wanted to highlight a couple of people who I know are friends who sent in very, very funny videos. So Steve Callahan, who uh, <laughs> yes. we work with, awesome. great re- family guy writer. He's been a guest on the podcast. He His video was... Maybe his wife was filming, coming around a corner outside, like in a little wooded area, and there's Steve in full Eagle Scout <laughs> uniform, and he's affixing a knot to a tree branch, and he started he he, he proceeded to talk me through how to tie this knot. <laughs> it was just it was so perfectly awesome. Steve, and then David Goodman. Yes. Who I think we have a sound uh, clip. Moving on. Some, there he is. <laughs> so David ran Family Guy back at its most popular stage, and we've worked with him several times. He's a great guy. Been on the podcast. So we used to have this joke we called a room bit. We did an episode on that too, um, where our room bit was David because he has a distinctive voice that sounds sort of like Ray Romano. We used to do this bit of. Uh, imitating David singing Billy Joel in the shower. (laughs) You know, so people in the room would be like, oh, my down Easter Alexa. (laughs) And, you know, various songs. So his video to me was him in the shower and I could only see the top (laughs) of his head. It was like under the nozzle, the camera. And he sang like little clips of like six Billy Joel songs while he was washing his hair furiously. So that was great, David. Thank you for that. That sounds awesome. Also, uh, I just wanted to say Mike D and Artie, who are uh, talented younger writers. I mean, they're not younger anymore. Yeah, they're like 45. (laughs) Yeah, they're younger than we are. (laughs) They're awesome. Um, But uh, they also, uh, their videos were hilarious. Artie, uh, through his whole video, someone was holding a very realistic looking gun to his head, (laughs) which I thought was very funny. And Mike D did sort of a funny, like, Boston area third-person character talking about, like, hey, my friend Mikey says you're pretty cool. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty well done. That's awesome. And it ended with LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out, which is oh, uh, nice. my favorite. My go-to at karaoke. So that oh, was really great. And the, the whole thing was, was just awesome. Um, then, well, everyone you know, was just so glad to be asked to do it. Oh, I'm sure. I can only picture. And I can only imagine Tall was very laissez-faire about when the videos came in. No, no reminders or pushes. No nudges. Uh, No, but anyway, it was awesome for me to watch. So thank everyone who contributed. But, you know, on your birthday, you get a, a lot of that stuff. And especially on a big birthday, like 50. So more people were coming out of the woodwork to do more things. And it was very nice. And one of the very nice things that happened later in the day was when I, I looked on Instagram and you, Goldie, um, put up a, a tribute to my birthday and it, you know, said, this guy turns 50 today. He's made me laugh for over half of my life. You know, thanks for being so hilarious. Happy birthday, bud. And I'm flipping through and these are all pictures that you have. So I hadn't seen them. They were like interesting to me. I'm like, oh, I've never... this. Never seen this picture. That's yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah, creepily massaging your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, video that game. Playing a video game when you're right. like 30, I guess. Yep. Yeah. I had all dark hair then. Um, so then I get to the last picture of the bunch. 
And I'm looking at it, and it, it's like a screen capture of something. And then it's a, I see, oh, it's a, it's a screen capture of the exact words that you had in your post. And I thought, oh, my God, he posted this on Facebook, too. That is so nice. <laughs> then I looked closer. It was my post to you on your 50th birthday. Verbatim. 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 And it was like I could not have walked into that door any harder. So that was hilarious. Was really well done. Oh the my prestige. God. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yes. It was. One yes. of, yeah, somebody pointed that out. Yeah. yeah. They were, it was they perfect. It, uh, well, that was so funny. Well, God, I'll say well something done. sincere now. Yes. This way, because we're we're going to celebrate your birthday this week, and this this way, I just don't have to say it later. Oh, you may have to. Tall, tall may make you. Oh God, I hope not. I'll just play this recording. But, I'll send yeah, it to you. Uh, you know, it's, so it's going to be met... it's going to be like Livia Soprano's funeral when nobody <laughs> would say anything. Yes. <laughs> Come on, surely someone. Yeah. Uh, they broke the mold. Yeah. <laughs> they broke the mold. Yeah. <laughs> No. So we met when we were 22. We've known each other now well over half our lives. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, and we we had this bonding experience of this horrible stand up. We were both not doing well, but I don't know that I've seen anyone sort of from the time I knew them do better for themselves, both (laughs) personally and professionally grow so much. I can't recall a time with you where I've ever been bored or thought like, I want to get rid of this guy. Like if you just got you such an, an easy person for me to be around you and you're such a big part of my life you've been so generous to me personally and professionally but even if you weren't i'd still love you so oh wow i think you're wow. you're a fan people don't realize how good a guy you are oh, they also so nice. don't realize how bad a guy you are. <laughs> I and what i coming. like is you're meticulously honest about who you are you do what you want to do. I think you live your life in a way that is uh, sort of aspirational because you just are are probably the most honest person I've ever met. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Even in your dissembling <laughs> and your mendacity. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Buy it back a little because I'm uncomfortable with that <laughs> assessment. But, uh, no, that's very sweet of you to say. And uh, I would beautiful. say all of those things wow. back to you. Relentlessly generous. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, because I want I want people to like me. I want people you to don't like have to. You can just cut it off. People yeah. like you. Yes. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, that's... For the next 50, you can yeah. turn the tap off. Yeah. Okay. Good. I may need it. I will need every drop of water in that tap. Um, well, we were going to talk about something else, but that was very nice. So let's let's just use that Joe-mentum to roll right in to Johnny Jokes. Whoa, from Massachusetts, brought to you by a store going out of business in uh, Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. How, how can get... you make a living selling only lace? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, when there were a lot of Irish in the area, they loved the lace. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, let's get started with some sad news out of the gate. Uh, Legendary composer Burt Bacharach passed away last week at the age of 93. He gone! Uh, Yeah, he gone. Uh, Record store owners are now featuring his albums prominently, which is good news for Burt's estate, as over the past few years they've gone Bacharach. 
Oh, oh I thought you were going to say back a rack in the discount rack. <laughs> oh, that would have been better. That, there's there's After our song. He's dead of a heart attack. Oh, nice. Well, no, that's where that's where the can of beans is. Is the discount rack? Oh yeah. <laughs> what store sells both records and beans? <laughs> Billy Joel's store, apparently. <laughs> Uh, all right. Second joke. Uh, a Delta passenger claims that a flight attendant told his wife to, quote, stop looking at me with that stupid face. Uh, <laughs> the wife is pressing charges and the husband has a new hero. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you laughed at that lineup. Itself. I know. I was, I was loving that story. <laughs> Uh, okay. <clears throat> the Mars Corporation will have to pay a hefty fine after two employees at their Pennsylvania factory fell into a vat of chocolate. Yeah. Uh, never missing an opportunity, Mars has recently announced their new candy bar, Five Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> two people fell in. Uh, two of them. And their new candy bar, Daryl and Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's an improvement. I like that. Uh, and finally, for Johnny One, journalist Heather Radke has released a new book called Butts, A Backstory, <laughs> which purports to be a comprehensive cultural history of the female backside. Uh, critics say it's a great book, but it can only be opened once a year on your birthday. <laughs> A long way home. I couldn't resist the actual story it's itself. So funny. Fantastic setups this week. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's what that's what I go for. All right, Johnny too. All right. Well, mysteries continue to swirl about the objects being shot out of the sky. Uh, conspiracy theorists say they're a precursor to an alien invasion set to destroy Earth this week. Welcome news to every man who forgot Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I knew you were going to deal with that topic. <laughs> a New Jersey restaurant is facing backlash for not allowing children under 10. The backlash is coming from parents with children over 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alec Baldwin's cursed Western Rust has resumed production after a tragic shooting death on set. Uh, there have been changes, though. It's now about a cowboy who settles his disputes with pillow fights. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. A British woman searching the internet found a pornographic movie of herself that's a deep fake. Good news, so far her husband is buying it. <laughs> and finally, sandwich chain Subway is trying to sell the company. Uh, potential buyers are asking, is there a McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or any other company closer to the hotel? Look at that face. Goldie's giving me hit. Like, what hit, are you the music. Doing? Wake up. Just, uh, I, I'm just a guy who's been shot, who's looking for a place to die. <laughs> but there are just bodies all over the floor. 
Well, once again, you went to joke five. You could have stopped at four. I don't know what but... the fuck is wrong with me that I don't just allow myself to do four. <laughs> You're telling Cassin jokes in a car. I know. Oh, wow. That's part one. This is this is where I thought I'd be at this point in my life. <laughs> All right. Well, we're hiding in a rented Toyota. <laughs> recording monologue jokes. Well, I, I I want to pull that first time we tried to record when you were in the car and edit it into a video for YouTube. It's There's a lot to weed through because we're doing dealing with all those tech difficulties, but it's pretty funny. There's some that really good things. A, that might be a better video for you too oh. than YouTube. <laughs> like, just meaning us, not the band. Forget it. Cut that. Oh, that's Cut good. that part. Oh, folks, we are... Incredibly excited and lucky today. Um, we have a legitimate Saturday Night Live cast member in our midst today. I know we've danced around this. We've had writers and former this and former that. Uh, and of course, you know, Goldie, JC, and I have all worked there and either been fired in disgrace or left on our own accord. Um, but today, we have a hilarious current cast member on Saturday Night Live. Miss Heidi Gardner Yay. is here with us today. Heidi, thank you so much for coming. We are so excited to talk to you. Yeah. Oh my thank gosh, you. thank you for having me. And it's always a delight to hear from you, JC. So Yay. it's my Thanks. pleasure. <laughs> That's right. Now let's let's get this out of the way up top. You, you and JC know each other pretty well uh, from, from your, uh, JC, from your time at Saturday Night Live. So talk a little bit about how you two uh, became connected there well i mean i think i started i started maybe a season or two before you arrived right yeah and and one thing i sort i really wanted you know the listeners to know about you was that okay you you came in what what year did you start 16 2017 2017. towards the end of 2017 yeah okay great so i believe you single-handedly changed the culture for the better behind the scenes of snl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, you, yeah. and you couldn't see that at home, but Heidi was putting her hand over her heart. <laughs> yes, it's true. So w- when I had started there, you know, I uh, I did my social, quote unquote, social research and made sort of fast friends with people who I trusted. And they taught me how to navigate the political minefields that are SNL. And I believe before you got there, it was very, I mean, it's still like this, but it was very cutthroat and competitive amongst the cast members and the writers. And when you arrived, you obviously you were sucked into that, but I believe that you just openly showed your love and support for all your fellow cast members, your writers, your, the production staff, the crew members, everybody. And I just, it felt like you didn't want to leave anyone unacknowledged and the same holds true today. I see you with all your posts, very supportive. Now, was this something that you intended to do or is this just your nature or maybe both? Um, You know, I don't know that it's something that I intended to do. I think, I do think it is my nature, but I do think I have a Midwesterner, people pleaser rule follower to um, (laughs) my detriment or not um, that makes me kind of you know give love in the way that I want but also you know fall in line in the way that I think I'm supposed to even if no one's telling me that I'm an observer observer and kind of like okay I should do this and this and this and um, it's such a compliment that you saw that in me but it's a good reminder and something I've tried to remind myself of this season because now 
crazily, I'm the most um, veteran senior yeah. <laughs> yeah, woman there, is that, yes, there's competition. Yes, it could be cutthroat. Yes, everybody wants to shine. And even at the heart of who I am, I've gone through lots of feelings that have to do with that, you know? Like sometimes when you're starving, it's like, I need more. And it's hard to see yeah. what's around you and that others need more too. And I've I've fallen um, for that before and I don't like it. I think it, the true heart of me is love and love and support creates more love and support. And so it's a really, really big goal for me uh, being there now that even when I'm like at my, um, you know, most starved yeah. that I'm, I'm also giving out to others. Cause I just think that creates an energy that's good. It's a good teammate. And just knowing that like, okay, I'm getting all I need in this moment. Things will shift things will, but you know, I haven't always like been there and I haven't always been at my best, but I'm trying to be. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. Boy, <laughs> we, yes. we could take a lesson from that around here. I think I JC is the only one who's that way on this podcast. No, you guys are like um, that <laughs> Now, we had uh, Seth Myers on last week, and um, I, I think I made the mistake in his intro of referring to him as affable. Because then instantly, once I said that, he sort of locked onto that. He's like, oh, affable, like he's heard that a thousand times. Now, when I was preparing for what uh, to say for your intro today, a word kept popping into my mind, which was bubbly. And I'm oh. wondering, is that is that something that you hear a lot? I don't know that I've ever heard bubbly. I like bubbly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good. Good. I, like I, I should have used it. I got scared. Seth Myers, oh. that, that meanie scared yeah. me. Uh, no, I like he was, that. Okay, yeah. good. So from here on out, I'll call you as bubbly. Um, now, we <laughs> talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording today, but you are from Kansas City, so yeah. oh, you are a huge Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs fan, so we are coming off a huge weekend <laughs> yes. for you. Now, t tell us, I I'm hearing you went to the game? Yes, I went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I... I can't believe it. Uh, me <laughs> and my best friend, Michelle, went. And Michelle and I have known each other since second grade. We grew up in Kansas City, um, been watching games since then. We watch, She's now in New York, too, so we watch games oh, wow. together every Sunday. And it was crazy. Two weeks ago, at, uh, during the AFC Championship, I was at her apartment, and she was like, okay, what are we doing for the Super Bowl? And I was like, yeah. Michelle, I think I'm going to try to go. And she was like, no, I have to watch it with you. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, and we were just so, like, conflicted. And I was like, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then once I got tickets and I put it out to her, she was like, I'll, I'll go. And then suddenly we're just at the Super Bowl on Sunday, <laughs> these two little Chiefs fans. Um, and it was, I, I mean, it, it was, you know, everything and more because they also won. But there yes. were yeah, moments. Yeah, what a game. What a where game. I was yeah, accepting that they might not win. And, yes. um, <laughs> and and we were just trying to be grateful just to be there and everything. But in the final two minutes, I could barely watch. I was just like sitting in my seat. And I was imagining red and yellow confetti coming down. And <laughs> oh, Mahomes you got it. Holding the Lombardi, Lombardi <laughs> trophy. And there were even some Eagles fans around me that even after the Chiefs won, they were like, you were conjuring something. You were doing something. You were manifesting something. I think you. Were, that was, it's all like, Heidi. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that you were surrounded by Eagles fans and still have all your teeth is quite an accomplishment because they're I not, they're, they're sort of known as not the most gracious fans, but they are good fans. They are dedicated yeah. fans. They, they were such good team. fans. There yes. was only one that particularly got on my nerves when everyone was yeah. awesome and nice, but there was one when Mahomes got hurt that was calling him a limper. Oh. And <laughs> like I said, I'm a Midwesterner, people pleaser, uh, rule follower. Probably wouldn't, you know, typically get in a confrontation. And I was hearing him say that, and I like, he was like, oh, he's limping, he's limping, limper. And I turned around and I was like, he's still the best. He's better than yours. And he was like, he was like, no, he's not. He's a limper. And I, and I like went back to my seat, and then I heard him continue to call him a limper. And I walked down, and I was just like dude, that's just not nice. (laughs) And then my Michelle was like, you got to stop engaging. I was like, you're right. I don't know what, yeah. You should have said, uh, maybe, sir, it sounds like you're projecting something about your experience in the bedroom. (laughs) I'm not here for that. Uh, You know, it's, uh, as, as JC will attest, um, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, New England Patriots fan. And so obviously it follows logically that I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. And now you guys have Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes? who is like, you know, potentially the next Tom Brady or the next even better. He's, he's fantastic. So just talk a little bit about, because, you know, we get hung up in like, oh, performances and writing and all this kind of stuff. But sometimes it's just nice to know people on like a real fan level. Was it, he's transformed uh, your city, Patrick Mahomes. And, And doesn't that talk a little bit about what the pride that somebody like that just gives you on a daily basis? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we've got a unicorn on our hands. Yeah. And everybody, including like the management at the chiefs, like I've heard the VP Brett Veach say, like, I have a unicorn and I have to put pieces around that unicorn to make that unicorn unicorn. Um, and, And I think that's what we all feel like in Kansas city and having you know, we would be like tried and true Chiefs fans no matter what. We've been through a lot of heartbreaks, but we are a sports town. We love our team and we will come out and support Arrowhead every single year. And this is the first time we've had like a franchise quarterback and it's exciting. And yeah. we're still now it's been five years in a row AFC championships that we've made it to. But I think we're still in shock. Like people are always asking me, they're like, all right, Heidi, you know, like for the Super Bowl, they're like, you feel good? Like, I'm like, I never get cocky. I had years of things not going the right way. So I stay humble. That's why I was like quietly meditating at the game. (laughs) Like I am, um, I am a humble fan who is humbled by Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is, I just read a quote yesterday that was like, He's so cool because he's like a kid out there playing on the field, having so much fun, like, you know, just sometimes, you know, passing the ball under his arm, just like improvisation and fun to him. But also he's a man that can do the job. So it's just this really cool thing of like nothing has been doled yet. It's like a kid and a man coming together. and Totally. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. he's he yeah, he's totally having fun out there and I'm jealous that you get to now live through a decade of excellence. <laughs> um so let's uh stick with Kansas City here for a minute. Um I was reading that you went to a uh, Catholic all-girls Catholic high school. Yeah. And I'm wondering because I went to an all-boys uh elementary school. Wow. And 
I found that it was good for comedy just because it's so absurd being in a, a one sex school. And I can only imagine that putting the element of God on top of like a, a <laughs> an all one gender school, you did, did that were, were you having like funny irreverent thoughts going through high school? It's funny. I think I was a little unaware of the I didn't grow up religious, but um, and I certainly didn't grow up being able to afford a private Catholic all-girls school, but my mom willed it to be. She was like, this is a good school. And right. so it was my first time like being in religion classes. And honestly, I think, you know, had I been religious and like rebelled, I, you know, I could have really been more of like a certain type of like Catholic school student. And <laughs> right. But because it was my first time with it, I was like, Oh, mass. Like, I want to try that. <laughs> right. Uh, <that's> so <laughs> that bread and wine. Or I remember one time in a religion class, they were like, you know, God's last name is not damn it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so one time in the car, my mom, you know, said, God damn it, like to another driver. And I quoted my teacher and I was like, mom, God's last name is not damn it. And she was like, you don't have to listen to everything they say at the school, by the way. Like, <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so what, just to be clear, what is God's last name? Is it Reynolds? What is it? <laughs> I think it is Reynolds or Richardson. Okay. I think it starts okay. with an R. I knew it was an R. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. So now I also read that, and I'm sure that you get, you've had to talk about this more times than you care to, that on your way out of high school, you were voted most likely to oh, become yeah. an SNL cast member. Yes. I mean, does, is that something, was that because uh, I read also that you did some comedy sketches in high school. Was it because of that or did they just feel like you had something like, could you, can you tell why that was? Yeah, I think it was because I was never, I never did plays or anything acting wise, but we would have these school assemblies and I think everyone was just kind of like, even the upperclassmen just knew I was like low key funny. Like I said, I wasn't like, you know, on the stage or anything like that, but they were like, right. she's funny. Like, you know, we can tell her, I remember a couple of upperclassmen were like, do the dance they did in Dumb and Dumber when they're in those tuxedos, you know? And I would just <laughs> right. do that in the hallway, you know? And so <laughs> we'd have some school assemblies where it was like, we need someone to play like uh, Jeff Propes of Survivor, like, you right. know? Right. And I was like, I'll do it. You know, I don't... And then did some like just random... Sc I remember doing a scene from Waiting for Guffman for the talent show, like with another friend that was just kind of like, want to do this? And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I'm down. So uh, what scene was it? Uh, it was like the penny for your thoughts song. Oh yeah, uh, that was so yeah. great with That's those little steps, those little yes. weird steps that he took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, so, you got good source material. Yes, I, I love that movie. Um, so yeah, they voted me most likely to be on SNL, and I remember I thought that was awesome. But this other like more obvious funny girl in our class, Popa Sarah Popa, who I think was like the class clown and just hilarious and very outgoing. 
she got most likely to be a TRL DJ. And at the time, oh. I was like, oh, I want that one. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny because we that, know Damien. <laughs> yeah, we Fahey. work with a TRL DJ. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, he's a, one of the writers wow, on Family Guy is uh, Damien Fahey. <laughs> yes. Who used oh, my to God, be, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a really great guy. He really is. Um, that's so funny, that connection. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, so, okay. So you're voted most likely uh, to, to be on SNL, but you're sort of... Of low-key funny and kind of not the class clown it's interesting that you talk about school assemblies because that th- those were really the moments to be funny in our high school as well I remember uh my friend John Viner who was not asked to be a part of this <laughs> podcast he's a he's also a writer on Family Guy and we went to high school together and different clubs would ask us to make their announcements in assembly. And so we would make like an audio tape, an actual cassette tape of an announcement. And they would just, because this was, you know, the carefree late 80s, early 90s, they would just play the tape. And inevitably, there'd be something incredibly irreverent and offensive on there. (laughs) We would get called into somebody's office. And so we eventually had to go through a system where we would make these tapes we then had to present them to the most joyless teacher who would sit there in front of us with his fists on his forehead listening to our tapes. And I'll never forget, there was one tape where my friend John and I strung, edited a like 40-second burp together you know, <laughs> wow. as part of it. And we just had to sit there watching him watch that at, with no expression. And then he just like lifted his head and he's like, that's fine. That fine. That seems fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, it was just, just when guy. you said school assemblies, that really uh, hit me where I live. Yes. Um, so then you went to college. Uh, you went to uh, two colleges, I believe. And, yes. and you left before you graduated. I'm wondering, your mom, who pushed you to, to, you know, to, to help you get into this Catholic girls' high school, how did she feel about you leaving college before you graduated? You know, it's interesting. I kind of felt like once I feel like high school is like the you got to get this done. And then and probably it was like expensive, too. It's like, you know, like, um, let's spend our money well. And then college gets more expensive. And it was a little bit like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Like we don't have to keep spending the money. It didn't right. feel like a, as big of a deal when I said I was going to drop out as I, I thought it would be. Cause there at the time was just such a stigma around it. Yeah. So I had a lot of just like shame and was scared about it. Uh, just cause none of my friends were going to drop out. They were, they were having a great experience where, and it's not that I didn't have a good experience socially I did and I loved my friends but I just didn't know what I wanted to do so I decided I was going to do hair and drop out and go to school for hair but I I had that shame around it so I was like well what if I went and like did hair in LA like that sounds more legit so (laughs) I just kind of said that and then I did it but I think back about it now and I'm just like Jesus, that was like a totally scared, shame-based decision that I made (laughs) with no money. I like barely saved anything. My brother definitely helped me out when I moved. And, uh, and yeah, just what a leap, you know, I had no plans of doing anything comedically acting wise, like. It's uh, interesting because I've, I've heard you say that on a couple of interviews that I watched. Um, and, and, 
Do you think maybe subconsciously? I mean, because to move to L.A., you know, L.A. is an industry town, as you know, and the industry is not uh, hair. It's Mm -hmm. uh, entertainment. So do you think that somewhere inside you felt like, well, I'll go out there for the salon, but maybe, who knows, I'm in the right place. No. Did any part of you think, no, really? <laughs> I really thought like, oh, I could maybe like do hair and makeup on sets. And that would, right. you know, I was right. obsessed with movies, TVs, pop culture, music, SNL, all that stuff. But I really was just like, I am a fan. I quote this stuff. I know a lot about it. And so I just felt that's going to be the thing that's going to bring me the closest to it. I can like work on these people. And then once I was out there and everything's kind of for like copy and credit, I was like, oh, I have to make money to like pay rent. So then I started working in an actual salon and just got more stable and wasn't really doing on set work. So it was kind of like everything was shifting. I was like, well, now, I mean, I'm not really working on celebrities or these movie stars. I'm just working on like people who, you know, and and I, (laughs) but I like my job. And so I just. I really didn't see it coming. I have to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. That's so interesting. And now you mentioned, because you mentioned the word quote, um, Mm -hmm. are you, and because I I watched another one of your sketches, the deep quotes sketch with uh, uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. And, uh, which was very funny. And also, I, it, it, again, really spoke to me because I feel like I'm kind of one of those yeah, people when people throw out like a tiny quote that how could anyone ever identify it? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's from... And I love that you guys focused in on Captain Phillips. That seemed very humorous to me. <laughs> but was that... So you mentioned that you were quoting these things. So as a kid growing up and when you consumed entertainment, were you one of those kids who like could just come back with the quotes and you would just remember stuff like that a little more easily yes completely I mean even just like it was a quote it was I mean sometimes that can be like polarizing to people and stop a conversation because kids would be talking (laughs) about like how funny um like dumb and dumber would be and we and they'd be like oh yeah like that x-lax scene on the toilet like where he's exploding and I'm like yeah and the way that Jim Carrey like when he's like just twisting the bottle of x-lax open and like the like what his eyes look like when he's doing and they were like yeah I don't really remember that part but I was just like um you were into the details you were into Into the the details details. of comedy (laughs) and not necessarily like the most obvious, like funny parts, but just uh, totally. Yeah, I, and ag- again, really I completely to relate to that. And you're you're significantly younger than I am, but my equivalent for that is um, Vacation, National Lampoon's yeah. Vacation with Chevy Chase. And you know, there are quotes from that that people can do back and forth. But there was always something that I would talk about, just like you. I'd break into a conversation and ground it to a halt by saying, oh, yeah, and that scene where they do an insert shot of Chevy's hand picking up a quarter to put in the vibrating bed. And they're like, I don't, what do you mean, insert? What does that mean? I'm like, oh, trust me, it's very funny. And then yes. all of a sudden, the, the people are dissipating around me and I'm, you know, standing alone again. But I, I think. Um... A moment, I just have to put this out in the world since (laughs) we're on this topic. There's a moment in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where... I'm going to know it. I'm going to know it. (laughs) I hope you do. Um, Where, you know, their car has completely burnt to a... Been burnt to a crisp. And they get pulled over by Michael McKean. And he's just like, um, uh, do you really think this car is road safe? And the way John Candy goes, 
Yes, I do. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> earnest, honest. It's not even like going for any sort of joke. Yes, I do is not written as a funny line, but just like how much he's trying to earnestly convince this man that this oh. like confidently. And I, I find that to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen uh, in my life. Uh, I love that. I love John Candy. We we yes. on this podcast we do a, a something usually at the end of each week where we do our top five list. And and uh, a couple of weeks ago we did uh, top five people uh, other than your family who you'd bring back to life. And my number one was John Candy. That's right. Because yeah. he was so sweet, especially in that movie. And yes. I know exactly that quote you're talking about. And right <laughs> afterwards when he's like, "Oh, the radio's clear as a bell," you know, yes. like that that whole scene is. Just so great, and I, so actually, good. you can you can watch a longer version of that scene on YouTube. It was cut Ooh. down. Yeah, oh, good so to know. Okay, go treat yourself after this podcast. <laughs> I will. Um, so now I was also I was watching uh, an interesting uh, thing where they had you on KTLA uh, Channel Five. You know, doing an interview with them. It was probably from about five years ago. Okay, and uh, you mentioned that when you were working at the salon, a friend of yours suggested that you go and uh, try out for the groundlings. So t- talk a little bit about about that. Like, what, was it just something that your friend knew you were funny or thought you might be a good fit for that group? Yeah, I remember her and I, her name's Rachel, we had just become friends and she was like, come see me perform uh, tonight at the groundlings. I'm doing like an improv show. And I'd always heard of the groundlings. Like I totally knew that's where Will Ferrell came from, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. But I hadn't been yet um, in L.A. So I go, I see the improv show on a Thursday night. And I was like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then she's like, well, come back on Saturday night. There's a sketch show. It's just like a mini SNL. So I go and I see the sketch show. And the two things I walked away with were, oh, I'm so glad that I know about this now because whenever people visited LA, like I was almost right. like overwhelmed by like, what do I take people to? I was like, oh, I can always take them to a grounding show now. Like this yeah. delivers, this is really funny. So it was just almost this relief. Like I have a thing that I can show people. <laughs> That's so relatable for LA <laughs> yeah. people because yes. there's nothing to do in I LA. <laughs> yes, it was just like, huh. And then... I also, um, Melissa McCarthy was a groundling at the time, and this was oh, pre-Bridesmaids. Wow. So wow. Uh, I saw her perform and was just like, why isn't that like the biggest movie star in the world? <laughs> like, she she must have dominated that stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she did. Yeah. And six months later, Bridesmaids came out and, you know, everything made she sense exploded. in the world. But yeah. <laughs> afterwards, like I was just telling Rachel, and Rachel is incredible as well. I was like, oh my God, that was just like the most fun thing ever. I loved it. And she was like, well, you need to take a class there. And I was like, oh, I'm not an actor, you know? And she was like, well, you leave me like seven minute voicemails in character. Like I know you can do it. (laughs) And I was kind of like, I don't know. And I told my brother and he was like, Heidi, I've been waiting for you to say this like our entire life. I'll pay for your classes at Grounds. Oh my God. And oh, so, that's yeah. so nice. Your brother sounds awesome. Your brother, awesome. Justin, who's yeah. amazing. We love him. Yeah. Stu and yes. I both love him very much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. What a, so. what, a great, what a great way to get into that. Now, something I was thinking about when I was, when I was reading about that, and obviously, as you mentioned, you know, the Groundlings history in terms of the performers they've churned out, yourself included, is, is incredible. But 
is that a route you'd even recommend to someone today? And I ask that because it feels like the world has changed even since your time there in terms of how comedy is disseminated and how we kind of find out about new funny people. Do you think the Groundlings still has a place and can still provide that kind of comedy firepower? I think it definitely still has a place. I mean, I always remember when I was like heavy into the Groundlings performing there all the time and around what I thought to be were the funniest people in the world to me, all of my colleagues. And, you know, they were. I kept on being like, why isn't, and this isn't just me, um, I was like, why isn't SNL scooping up all these people? I'm around like the best. Right. And it wasn't until I got to SNL that I realized, oh, I I get why it's not all groundlings. Like, you know, I pop in a certain way because I studied there and it's like character-based, you know? And then yeah. you have like stand-ups that they hire that pop in a different way that make the show seem more edgy and fresh in some ways, you know, but we all, and then like UCB, which is, you know, might be heavier improv in a way. And just like, you get some more like off the cuff performers. Like I was like, Oh, I get why SNL is more of a motley crew. And like, it would just seem the same tone if, uh, if it was just all groundlings or, Right. It would be the groundlings and this is SNL. Right. And so right. my thing would be like, I mean, I don't know how I would evolve comedically now, but at the time, like that fit my point of view. And I'm glad I went on that walk, you know, but I see like comedians that are coming up now that like do shorter things are on TikTok, all of these things. And, you know, like I've, I've never even leaned into like, even though I could maybe be more successful, like I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My brain just isn't there to make videos. Right. Just like, that's just not my thing. But if it's someone's right. thing, like go do that and like hit it as hard as you can and get all the reps in that. So yeah, yeah I definitely think there's a place, Groundlings, UCB, IO, uh, Second City, all these schools, like they breed incredible performers that I think are pros, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I well, think that, and, and that's good, that's good advice. And I think the best piece of advice in there, which, which we've heard from other very talented people is like, just if you're going to do something, really lean into it. And as you say, get your, get your reps in. Um, well, the other I thing, think I, really, I think yeah, with ahead, like, Casey. with the, with Groundlings and Second City is that because they are live performers as opposed to videos, yeah. you, SNL is live. Like you, people forget that you know, like I've seen the fear in the eyes of uh, my friends just about to go out onto the live set for SNL. And then that fear just melts away or appears to melt away. And they're live in front of millions of people. So I don't know if, if video can really help with that. I don't know if anything can help with that in terms of yeah. prepare you. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And I guess you know, SNL um, has led the way in comedy for so many years and including leading the way into, you know, they, they predated TikTok with their Lazy Sundays and their video pieces that kind of, you know, rolled the carpet out for, for platforms like TikTok and, and the Instagram videos. Um, so I, obviously we're as, as mixed as my personal relationship is with SNL, I still love it and tape it and yes. watch it religiously and can't get enough of it. But while we're talking about it, and you mentioned Will Ferrell earlier, I was uh, there as a writer's assistant when Will Ferrell 
started on the show. And one of the things that I remember is his audition tape, you know, being passed around and looking at it and just being like, who is this guy? He is so goddamn funny. So I'm wondering, do they still do the auditions the same way there? Did you have to go to uh, 30 Rock and do uh, an audition in front of Lorne and his uh, producers like they yeah. did then? Yeah, I um, I had, it was kind of a crazy two and a half, three weeks for me because my first audition was actually a showcase at, Groundlings, and that was going to be for some producers and maybe a couple writers that were there. And I really saw that as like a super like advantage, like home field. Like, you know, I knew Groundlings for the showcase was going to pack the house with like students that loved coming to the shows. I could invite people. Like, it was going to be friends and family. And it was like, okay, like that's going to feel really good and supportive, you know? Yeah. Um. So why not like take a big swing? And so. I I had a great showcase there and I got the audition, went to 30 Rock, um, did and they were just like, have her do, you know, they told my agents and managers, have her do the exact same set, you know? And so it was like, okay, like that was, um, I always feel like that first audition I did at 30 Rock, I was like, those are my starters. Like, this is my yeah. like, you know, my yeah. championship team. And, you know, after I did it, uh, I kind of blacked out. Like, I was just like, I think I heard a laugh. Was that good? Was that bad? You know, your anxiety sets in and you have no idea. And then, but you always read the things where it's like, well, if you get a meeting, like it's a good sign. But I heard like no one got meetings and everyone flew home the next day. So I was like, well, that's not good news. But I was also like, well, but no one got a meeting. So I (laughs) I didn't know what it meant. And then about four days later, I heard they want you to come back, audition again, but, you know, they want to know, like, you can come up it, with new material in a week. So they want you to do a completely new set. Oh, boy. Wow. And I was just like, <laughs> that was my team. I, like, did everything I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, now trade Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and go win it with, you know, Chad yes. Henney. But that is a great metaphor because, and I always think about it, because I was, like, so, like, I felt desperate. And then I was suddenly, like, wait. I've now been performing at the ground lanes. Like I was just doing show after show after show. And I was going through like characters and sketches and rejections and failures like crazy. And I started being like, I looked back just at all I'd done in the last year and a half there. And I was like, okay, wait a second. I tried this sketch out. It did not work as a sketch, but I remember people liked this character. How do I do this character for 10 seconds? How do I do this one, this one? And it is actually like the Chiefs this season because we traded in the offseason a lot of our like best players because we couldn't yes. handle like the salaries anymore. Tyree and Bill. we got <laughs> like we basically filled our bench like with rookies or, um, you know, free agents and all these things. And I always think my second audition was like my bench and they yeah. got to like just shine, come out and play. Awesome. And that's what got me the job. And so, oh, yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. Now. So now, God, because nothing is ever easy in life, you have this fantastic life experience where you've made it to the top of a comedy pyramid. You get on SNL. And then you realize when you get there, you're starting from zero again. And you you again have to, to continue the football analogy, you have to keep fighting for first downs, Mm, like from the minute you get there. So what I remember from being there was really being fascinated by these very funny performers who 
were very insecure, as we all are, were very nervous about getting their material on. And they would often pair up with a writer to help them. And the writer was in the same boat. The writer wants to get stuff on, their stuff on, just as badly as the performer does. So when you got there, did you kind of lean into your characters or did you say, I better get with one of these writers and see what we can come up with together? I I think I leaned into my characters and the fact that like ground leans, I was writing a lot of sketches, so I knew how to write. And yeah. also I was kind of like, you know, you're just like, can I ask this person? They've been right. here longer. You know, I was just a little <laughs> yeah. shy about it. So, you know, the first thing I got on the air, like weekend update wise, I, I wrote by myself because I was just kind of like, this is the character I do. And yeah. But that was just all like by default, just because I was a little bit scared. I was think. that Boxer, you know? yeah. Boxer's girlfriend, that Midwestern politeness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. go ahead, Jason. Was that the what Boxer's that? girlfriend? Was that the one your first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Hilarious. That, that character is that <laughs> character is so you. great. Yes. And what's her name? Angela. Angel. A- yeah. Angel. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that is Upward. so funny. And I, and I was watching you talk about that. You said that you sort of had this epiphany watching Jake Gyllenhaal and Southpaw. And uh, his girlfriend in the movie kind of acted that way. And you connected it to Mark Wahlberg and Amy Adams in The Fighter. And you're like, wait a minute, I might be on to something here. And we, again, we had Seth Meyers on last week. And he was talking a little bit about specificity in comedy. And he was singling out uh, the Andy Samberg thing as Mark Wahlberg of, you know, say hello to your mother for me. And Uh you, you have these moments in Angel, where you say, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking the kids and I'm going to my sisters. <laughs> yeah. And that is, it, there's, there's something so specific and hilarious about that that really obviously resonates with uh, the audience. And is that something that you find when you write your bits like, I, hey, I want to get as specific as possible with this character? Yeah, I mean, that one by, that one just by like luck like touched on something that I think everyone was like oh yeah they do all kind of say the same thing (laughs) so it doesn't always work out that way because like what I think is specific you know and sometimes the specifics I love about someone might be like too niche or you know like I also (laughs) find sometimes the audience is just like I don't recognize that thing she's doing (laughs) that's um too vague where I think I'm like ooh, this is what I like to tap into so I mean I definitely love like specifics, whether it's, of course you want everything to connect, but like, God, there's sometimes where I just feel like, oh, like I love saying this line because it feels so real. And this feels like what someone would say in the moment, but it oh. might not get the laugh. It, it's something, right. it's like, you know, that John Candy moment that I'm like, I think yes. the funniest moment is him just going, yes, I do. And it's like, <laughs> everyone else would be like, what about the hand between the two pillows? That's yeah, the funny, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're you're totally right about that. And I I do remember um from w- when I was at SNL that the first of all, the SNL crowd is probably, you know, uh, certainly among the best live crowds that there there is and they're they're a very smart crowd. They're there, they're ready to laugh and they seem to kind of be with you. But then there are nights when they aren't. And yeah. it's mm. just dead and flat. And now have you had experiences where you go out with a character and it falls flat and you're just like, I know that was funny and that was just a dead crowd. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll say that like, it's weird because I have gone through, I've gotten cut a lot at SNL. I, like, and now I'm just yeah. making it part of my story. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> rather than like feeling like something's wrong with me or like being in shame about it. Like, I think I'm the most like, as far as someone there currently, I think my sketches have been cut <laughs> from dress rehearsal to air the most. Wow. I've gotten... Uh, very used to seeing like my note card on the cut and it feels very bad right and there will there has been a dialogue in my mind that's just like that audience sucked or that and you know and I would always think that maybe that made me feel better but then I also had to just be like no there's nothing wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with me like I'm doing everything I know how, I, I swear. Yes, <laughs> and they're right. just coming to laugh. And yes, sometimes there are dead audiences, like, and you're just shocked because you're like, I know this is a funny show, not just my stuff. Right. But, you know, it makes it all the more special now when things connect. It also lets me just kind of like uh, redirect the way I play the game a little bit, which is like, yeah, maybe I'm leaning in a little too much to the specifics. And for this particular thing I'm doing, SNL, which is like, which is like America's comedy. It's like got to span the right. continent. Like yes. maybe I'm being a little too specific and they don't think this like niche thing I'm doing is as funny as my ego thinks it is. So I'm like, <laughs> maybe be louder, maybe not be so subtle. Like you're on camera, do it more for the camera. It's not a right. small theater. So it's just made me like, evaluate and adjust my play a little bit while also trying to like stay true to me. Yes. And that is a tricky fine line because you say it's not a small theater when in fact it is, is, but but it happens to be being projected out to (laughs) the, as you say, across the continent. Um, And and you also bring up uh, an interesting part of Saturday Night Live that I think a lot of people don't think about. I think when people see the show, they kind of picture like, well, they've been working on these sort of seven sketches all week. And, you know, but the the process is, you know, during the table reads, which like happened, 40. I believe they used to happen on Wednesday. I don't know yeah. if they, they still do. So, yeah. um, the, there were, you know, 30 or 40 sketches in those table reads. And then it gets, you know, there's a political meeting behind closed doors with the host and Lorne and the head writers. And they they come out with a large list of maybe, I don't know, 15 sketches. Like, these are the ones we're going to move forward with. So when you say cut after dress, Mm -hmm. like, that is the most heartbreaking time Mm -hmm. to be cut because you've made it almost to the final hurdle. So I'm wondering, like, when you have your sketches and you see them on the cut list after dress, which is only hours before the actual live show goes on, yeah. Is it difficult for you then to be the team player who maybe has a smaller supporting role in somebody else's sketches, you know, uh, that week? Yeah, I think in the past, for sure, like, it was just like, your heart's broken, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> or like totally. my It really heart... is heartbreaking, yeah. Yeah, um, but, you know, especially this season, I've really tried to, like, just refocus that energy and that mindset and be like, okay, I'm still on a team. And even if I am not like going to get the ball a lot tonight, then how do I make sure that like the person with it feels uplifted, supported, 
Yes. Good. So, right. you know, I remember, uh, you know, there's times where like, if I have a friend who's got like an update in the show, like um, Melissa Villasenor and I would do this with each other. It's like, hey, do you want to come down to my room? And we run it, you know, like right. just right. get some reps in before the show, get more awesome. comfortable with it. Or, or just, you know, reminding my other castmates to have fun, you know? And that's where I just had to finally be like, listen, I loved comedy I and all of this stuff. I never thought I'd actually be working in it. I was a hairstylist. I, I got into this just kind of crazily by a friend, seeing a friend's show and her saying yeah. like, yeah, do it. Like other people kind of pushing me along, my brother. Right. And then suddenly I make it to this thing I could have never dreamed of. And now suddenly I'm like competitive and I'm, I'm all, I was going against what I think my true nature is, even though I want all these things, it's like, I got to just get back to like, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, a, that's a, that's a great yeah. attitude. And, yeah. and I'll say just to, it just a for a needless buck up for you. I mean, clearly you are a comedy star because in watching your uh, videos on YouTube, you have a mojo top 10 Heidi Gardner SNL <laughs> moments. Yes. So Aww, for you to, for nice. you to, for anyone to have a top 10 yes. SNL moments, that okay. says a lot right there. Yeah. So you're handling the ball quite a bit. I love all these sports analogies. <laughs> um, so now here's something else that I noticed in watching uh, many of your sketches and videos. It must be just insane. You've had to act like literally an inch away from like Oscar winners, <laughs> huge movie star. Like I'm thinking of when Matt Damon came on to play yeah. your husband finally. And <laughs> I've seen you in a hilarious sketch with uh, Emma Thompson, or as my dad mm -hmm. might call her, uh, Emma Thomas. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it is that when cuz i know the 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 pace of snl is so hectic and you're you're just trying to get from one week to the next and and you're so tired and all that kind of stuff but do you ever have time to sit back and think in those moments like holy shit my face is 1 inch from matt damon's yes so in the moments <laughs> i'm just kind of like i got to just do my job or i have to act like my face isn't 1 inch away or yeah. um but i have been taking more time to just like be like wait that happened yeah. i i also try to like to also fulfill like it's also cool that it's happening right now but the like the 16 year old in me that was obsessed with goodwill hunting that yeah. i yeah. i recorded goodwill hunting on cassette tape and would listen to it in my car, like when I was oh, driving. Wow. And so wow. I make sure dedication. Yeah. I make sure that if I'm gonna be a total pro the whole night, then like that night at the after party, I was like, hey Matt, like, you know, I was like, thank you so much for doing that. But also I remember the 12 brothers' names in Goodwill Hunting. Marky, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davy, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. And he was saying it with me. And I was like, yes. And that's, that's the like 16-year-old. Awesome. And she gets one. Oh. Like, she gets a point, you know? Yes. yes. Oh, that's yeah. so that's, awesome. That's so awesome. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm totally with you on Goodwill Hunting. A, being from the Boston area. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, that's our godfather, basically. <laughs> yes. And that movie's great. I don't know if this is a sidebar that I talk about a lot on this podcast. But I'm really into reaction videos on YouTube, oh, yeah. and you can watch you can watch people watching Goodwill Hunting for the first time, and it's 
fucking fantastic. They just, they don't know what they're in for and they end up getting so worked by the movie. And like by the end, they're just weeping. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you love that one as much as, uh, as much as I do. Um, now you've been very generous with your time and we just have, uh, JC, I don't know if you had any other questions because I had one that I kind of wanted to wrap up with, or we can just get right to that. Yeah, actually I do have one more thing. So when, So when I got this job on Family Guy, I was working on Saturday Night Live and it sort of, the job came out of nowhere. We went on Christmas hiatus and then the next thing I know, I just left SNL to work on Family Guy. So it turned out when I moved here, you and Zeb had decided that you were permanently moving your stuff to New York. And in the same weekend, I was here by myself, Stu was still in New York and I had, was in this house, had no furniture, no lights and... You had reached out and you're like, hey, I heard you just moved here. We're moving. We have a ton of stuff. Why don't you come over? We're giving a bunch of stuff away. So I went to your place. You have amazing taste. And we're still surrounded with lamps, Stu's favorite leather chair, my favorite lavender Le Creuset pot, Um, all all this stuff that you gave us. Not only did you give it to us, you also with Zeb and a friend of yours whose name I yeah, can't remember. Rob. Rob brought it over in a Ooh. U-Haul and brought wow. it into the house. Yeah. This, a, a testament to the kind of person you are and, and Zeb and your friend Rob. But I do have one question. Yes. Which is, do you want it back? No, <laughs> that's yours. <laughs> I mean, oh. I love hearing that, like, um, not that – you need to be surrounded by my stuff, but I love, I love hearing that you are. Like, oh. It's like, oh, I also forgot the coffee table. Yes, the mirror oh one. Gosh. That is a hit. Everyone well, loves you, that one. Oh, good. <laughs> you'd, yeah. need a U, you'd need a U-Haul for the cruisette alone. Those things are I know. Oh, I are love heavy. <laughs> so <laughs> heavy. Um, yeah. So here's something. I was reading your your husband is a writer. He writes yes. uh, for Marvel Comics, I believe, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Now... Because we're ostensibly a writer's podcast here, and we're pretty surly, grumpy, angry, older men. Um, is there anything you've noticed about in your decade plus of being with your husband about living with a writer? Is there anything you've noticed about a writer's mentality, or do you have to tiptoe around the house? Is he moodier than you are? Like, what? How does that work? Well, um, you know, before I was also writing, I think I really didn't have an understanding of how freaking hard it is to be a writer that like, you know, it's like, yeah, of course, I would have in the past just been like, well, you know, Zeb, why didn't you write all day so that we could hang out at night? <laughs> well, what do you mean you didn't get it done? Like, yeah. I'm here. I'm here now. Why aren't you focused on me? Why do you still right. have that? no understanding like and I um I kind of hate that because it's just like oh like that's it's a painful process for a writer sometimes the inspiration does not always come and one of the really cool things about Zeb is like he's been through he's been doing this so long he's been through all the emotions with it all the processes but like now he's like kind of got his process where he's and his discipline which is really cool and I think a lot of writers like finally get to that like they beat themselves up for a really long time there's yeah. shame around it there's just like I'm still and on then, that stage yeah <laughs> and then you just find your superpower and you accept the things that are hard about it and you keep going and so so yeah I definitely 
I was probably tiptoeing around stuff, but I also know I wasn't like fully embracing like just who he was and the job that he had, you know, and now I can oh. see it for what it is. Cause oh, I do it too. It. But I hope, yeah, I hope my wife listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and do you think that now that you are a writer as well, that he has an understanding of how to give you the space or is it like, wait, you're a writer now? Or was it a, an easy transition that you both became writers or was it there like a, an adjustment period? I think probably he has always been really just understanding. Like for me, if anything, like he just has tried to, he just wants to make sure for sure. Like he's protective, like, especially, you know, he's like a genius with like structure for sure. So things that I've written that aren't even just sketches, like he's gonna, I'm, he's very sweet. He thinks I'm the funniest person in the world, but like, he's going to note me up on structure and things. And like, sometimes yeah. when you just want to hear, like, that's the best, funniest thing I've ever yes. heard. Yes. It can be like, oh, no, he's making me do math now. Like, I'm, yeah. like he's making me do the hard part, Right. but it makes it better. It makes it richer. It makes it, you know, uh, more satisfying for the audience to read. So yeah. He's oh. fully understanding. He's just trying to like help make me better. Well, now just to one last thing, just to give you an opportunity to, to you, you're very good on the show with, with voices and dialects and, and the specificity so of different areas. Are there, are there accents or voices that you've been itching to do that you haven't yet done? Oh my mm. gosh. Yeah. Nothing's coming to mind, but yeah, I don't know why, but well, just just know that you're great at them. So <laughs> if you, you if you want to study, I, I I always think a, an overlooked accent in this country that is hysterical is the Mid Atlantic accent, which is sort of like Philadelphia down to Delaware, yes, very right. flat and weird. It's so I think you, okay. you could be you could be a pioneer in that territory. <laughs> okay, I'll look that up. Um, Heidi Gardner, thank you so much you. for taking the time to talk with us today. JC, thank you for setting this wonderful Great, interview please. up. Yeah. We are huge fans and will continue to watch you every Saturday night in our homes. Thank you so much, Heidi Gardner. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, I was pretty quiet that whole interview, wasn't I? <laughs> oh, I know. Yes. Jeez, you were just you were munching triscuits the whole time. <laughs> they were really good. I don't allow myself triscuits that much. So you I just the ate whole the whole box. box and then I got like a pasty ballas in my throat. Oh ballas. <laughs> William Ballas. Freedom. Um, well, no, the Heidi was awesome yeah, and thank uh, you, so Heidi. fun talking with her and continued success on Saturday Night Live, Heidi. Yeah. And now let's get into a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, oh. beautiful. Goldie, <laughs> this was your topic. What are we top five and about today? Yeah, uh, the topic is the top five best ways to die. Obviously oh. the best ways. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Number five, blowing your brains out in front of someone you hate. <laughs> wow. You're too good at this. That's amazing. What a first one. Oh, my Lord. Shot number four. Number four, crushed by whale while paddleboarding. Oh. Yeah. All right. Maybe instant. Could be instant. <laughs> Number three, super volcano. Oh, what is? Yeah. I don't even you know got to is. live through it. You got to see it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like Pompeii. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Copy that. Yeah. Number two, 
alien invasion. Oh, that's Might be good. happening. Could be. How happening. great would that, that be? The war of the worlds, and you just saw them on the horizon, and, and you just said, "Nothing we can do now. <laughs> Not my fault." Let's uh, let's get out the chocolate ice cream and just wait. Yeah. <laughs> and the number one way to die: rapture. No oh. rapture. No rapture. Oh, love it. Rapture. <laughs> I could have done a hundred of these. I know. Oh my god, god. that first well, one was unbelievable. I wish she wrote mine for me because <laughs> I was I felt so superstitious about it. Like, oh these things I was very afraid to do them. What about no, you're living to hundred eight? And I know. <laughs> what 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 about Velocirapture? Is that anything? Oh, Would that be a good way to die? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, I'm next. Yeah, because go you're for next it. week. So my number five is on top of a pile of cheese. That's it. My number five. <laughs> number right. f- number four. I don't know. I was thinking in the metaverse, we could create like floating on a cloud of pillowy marshmallows with stew and friends and family <laughs> without a care in the world. Not even sure if I died. Oh, that's. Um, uh, let's hope we're heading that way. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what sleep is? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Death practice. <laughs> um, number three, skydiving by choice. Just a big splat. Yeah. Um, no, too much time before you hit the ground. But you wouldn't know that you're so gonna many die somersaults until you, you like you, you don't know. know like well that you did, like you think your parachute's gonna open but then it doesn't and they just go poof you're dead. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's a theory, you know. It's not. Yeah, it's not yeah. real. All right. All right. Okay. End of Titanic style. I know everyone's <sighs> too cold. Too, too cold. No, no, not that one. The end of the movie where the old people they just die together in their sleep. I know everyone. <laughs> okay. All right. And number one, I don't know, just happy. I just want to die happy. That's, That's it. That's good. All right. That's yeah. good. You're back. You're back <laughs> with number one. <laughs> All right. Let me get into this. Number five for me, guillotine. <laughs> just take oh, yeah. it right off. <laughs> it's, it's over. Uh, number four, the Goldie, I feel is similar to one of yours. Ground zero nuke. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash a light and you're gone. <laughs> he your gone. ashes. Number three, heroin OD. Oh, Seems like oh a, that's yeah, a good very one. pleasant, that's a good one. you know, yeah. from what yes. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, number two, peacefully in your sleep. Oh, there you go. Peacefully in your Whenever I read that, I'm like, yeah, that's a good way. <laughs> and, and number one, this is sort of the opposite of Goldie's hilarious number five, <laughs> but number one, saving someone's life. Oh, if you if you die martyrdom. saving someone's life, I think that's pretty cool. Well, the good wow. news is you'll never have to worry about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh man, and I'm honest about that. I know I will never have to worry about that. Uh, that was a very fun list. Uh, oh my god, scared. So me. next week, this is kind of a I don't know. This felt wide open. If you don't like it, I got a couple other backups. But I was thinking for next week we could do top five French things. Okay. You're a but there are a lot of interesting French things Gulty. That sort of float over our culture. Leaning into the dashboard cam in his rental car. All right, so that's going to be top five French things. Yes. Next week, Les Chaux Francais. <laughs> Francais. Um, all right, so let's end our show the way we do every week on a high note. Wow, wow, was that longer? <laughs> no. 
Okay, God, that, that was long. Thank you, Tom and Max. Tom and Max also sent in a very hilarious video where they did a whole bit, as you can imagine. I want to see this where video. Where it involved Tom collapsing and Max showing up with his stethoscope. And Jay Kogan made a, uh, a cameo in that. So oh, that was nice. very nice, too. Nice. Thank you, folks. So my high note, just as I talked about earlier, uh, was my birthday, which was yesterday. It's still sort of continuing because I'm going to get to see a lot of folks this weekend, which I'm nice. excited about uh, to a point. And, uh, but the day <laughs> yesterday was just so awesome. Tall was fantastic. She just did everything. And, but more than that, it was like, it felt like there was a lot more lightness about the whole day. It oh, was cool. just like everything was handled. Every gift was great. Every moment was thought of. Um, she just did a great job. So my birthday was fantastic, and that was in large part thanks to Tall. So thank you, Tall, well, for that lovely. wonderful high note. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to sort of add to your high note and Goldie's nice sentiment from earlier and say, my high note this week is you. Oh, It's your come birthday. On. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. He's waving it on. <laughs> I want to say welcome to the 50s club. Goldie and I have been waiting. I'm like, finally, happy birthday. Thank you for your warmth, your kindness and generosity. And uh, thank you for, you know, trying to be patient with me all the time. I know it's difficult. Oh, but please. I noticed you trying. You're a breeze. Oh, I don't know about that. By the way, everything you just said is going to be used to cancel you in the next what? couple of years. Did what? you say this about Alex Sulkin? Did you say he was warm and kind? <laughs> <laughs> And generous. That's very but. sweet, JC. Very sweet. And Goldie, you already said your piece, so please make it about Hertz or something. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll make it about something else because it's your Thank it's you. your birthday request. So I was very concerned last week. Uh, my dog was not himself, and then um, he wouldn't move. He wouldn't walk. We took him to the vet, and they didn't detect anything with his blood work, and then. They x-rayed his spine and they found a swollen disc, which listeners of this podcast will know I think is bullshit. Okay. But I'm still concerned nonetheless, but I decided to just sort of treat it as I would my own swollen disc and make him comfortable and calm. And wouldn't you know it, a little guy is back his yeah. mischievous ways. Nice. Yeah, Lord, Lord, I'm Lord, very Lord. relieved because yeah. I thought for sure my dog was like, maybe on the way out but he's no so it wasn't a disc or was it a disc? he does have a swollen disc but i don't think that's what made him sort of you know act with a lot of malaise i i I don't know what was happening but he's back he's back to sort of trying to steal everyone's food and running around the house and trying to escape and just being a menace which is what i love yeah that's great, <laughs> oh, great God, news, thankful. great high note. Thank goodness Lloyd is going to be around for another decade, I'm calling it, at yes. least. I hope. At yes. least. Um, well, what a fun show. Thank you, yes. Heidi Gardner. Oh, and before I forget, uh, guys, listeners, folks, you can't say guys anymore. Folks. We have a great guest next week, talented writer, Mr. John Regi from uh, all of our favorite shows, 30 Rock, Larry Sanders' show, and The Comeback, which doesn't get nearly enough credit. Hilarious show. We're going to be talking with him next week, so be sure to tune in for that. And uh, I just want to say thank you two for your awesome 
loving birthday messages. It really means a lot to me. I'm trying to figure out myself, but hearing nice things from you two really sets me <laughs> off on the wrong path. So I appreciate that. Um, and I want to thank all of you for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. That was fun. And it stops right now. Marky, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian.